Hello and welcome to another episode of The Punt Return. We're talking week nine of the National Football League. The 2018 NFL season is officially at the halfway point. We currently have one undefeated team, zero winless teams, four teams with a draw on their record, and one fired head coach in Hugh Jackson. Um, it's just the two of us today. Uh, Josh unfortunately got held up at work, and we had a tight window to fit in because Daryl is in a completely different time zone. Uh, that flight that we mentioned he was on last week actually landed, which is great news. And uh, Daryl, uh, joining us, I think now it's, what, 8 a.m. where you are? Uh, 10 a.m., yeah. But yeah, early morning NFL discussion. Early morning. Well, that's all right. At least we didn't get you up too early. So let's uh, <laughs> let's talk quickly about week eight before we move into week nine, just given that uh, we are on a tight schedule here. Um, the big talking point, I guess, last week was the Todd Gurley play. Now, I'm not sure if you're across it, but the, he... Uh, he went down at the uh, sort of the two yard line instead of scoring a touchdown, which meant that uh, the Packers covered the spread and the total went under. And a lot of people were blowing up, a lot of fantasy people and a lot of gamblers. I was just interested to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, I hadn't seen it. It's like an interesting. Um, like, what was the game state? I guess the. the... Potential touchdown made no difference to anything other than the betting markets. Basically, and it meant that going down by Todd Gurley was the smartest play because it ensured that they had a 100% win chance rather than, say, a 98% win chance because if they scored, um, there's a chance they still miss the extra point. That They're not an absolute surefire given it's an eight-point lead. You've given the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, who we've seen pull off some miraculous comeback uh, victories from here. So I think going down from Gurley was the smartest play. Um, yes, it benefited us. Uh, we we picked the under on the show, um, but you know, unfortunately, like that's just the way things are. I think it's a smart play from Gurley, but I just thought it was a really interesting yeah, junction I don't of anything to blow up at, right? Um, no, it's just I think a lot of angry people that that were scorned or you know lost their fantasy or, or lost their winning ticket or whatnot. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was it was yeah. a it was a kind of cool junction of NFL fantasy and betting all sort of meshed into one play, and it kind of exploded a little bit. But uh, he kind of trolled yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. He he trolled a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, what spread, what what total, what fantasy I play to win. So I thought that was a smart uh, look at, uh, at at all things there. Um, all right, before we move into week nine, just a quick updated look at the futures, seeing as we are at the halfway point. I notice on Stats Insider at the moment, you've got the Rams as a 19% chance to win the Super Bowl um, and the Chiefs and the Patriots around that 15% mark and then a bit of a drop-off between the for the Saints at 12%, and then you've got the Steelers, Panthers, Eagles, all around that 4, 5, 6% range. So just looking at the Betfair odds, uh, the Rams are sort of between 440 and 450. New England, 740 and 750. Same with the Chiefs and the Saints are around that $9 mark. Any potential value there that you can see or um, you're just waiting? or You're not normally a guy that invests too much in futures anyway. No, I, I'm not a big futures player. Um, I'd say especially... I, before with the when the credit market went out of the Australian betting industry, I think that kind of nulled my interest in futures a little bit. Yep. Um, but yeah, the Rams, I think Rams the same story. Right, we've got them a little bit lower percentage than the market has. I think that though we've got a bit closer together as the season's gone on. There, um, Rams probably deserving favourites. Anything can happen in a um, playoff system that the NFL has. Yeah, exactly. So. It is interesting. Uh, Josh and I will probably talk about that a little bit more in length next week on our normal show when we uh, wrap up sort of halfway point of the season um, in general. So week eight results, lock of the week, no good. Um, we can't blame Woot this week. Unfortunately, Miami plus seven and a half um, was no good for us. They, it looked good early. They're up and, 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 and Brock Tober looked ready on and then it all kind of just 
turn to smithereens. Uh, Woot and I, not a bad week. Woot, um, Woot and I went head to head on three plays. I, uh, re- I came out victorious in all three of those plays. So, um, I'm feeling good about myself there. I wish I was, wish he was here to, so I could rub his nose in it. Um, so Woot, uh, finished two and three on the week. I finished six and three on my plays and leans, uh, last week. Uh, I've got the results here for you. I know you're overseas and you're, so I've, Collated to the results of the model on the show, there wasn't too much going on from the model perspective last week. I have a feeling sort of Vegas were on the money there. Unfortunately, Miami plus 7.5 was no good, um, but Indy two, two, minus 2.5 was a win, um, and the uh, the green play of San Fran lost. They had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and absolutely blew it, um, but the under, we, as I said, we got lucky with the Todd Gurley uh, play there. So, um, you know, it wasn't a bad week overall. Not the worst, <laughs> not full blown disaster. No. <laughs> no, we had a pretty good season so far. You're always going to have a down weeks. Um, that was one of them. So hopefully, rebound a bit this week and see what we have playing this week. Exactly. You can't have winning weeks consistently in the NFL and college football every single week. And uh, David Purdom from ESPN's Chalk reported earlier this week that Nevada Sportsbooks won an all time high $56.3 million in September, including a record 44.3 on football. So that's uh, definitely something to note. So the fact that we've had a winning season so far, um, that's kind of bucks the trend there. So let's get into week nine, but first a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for a bit of a leg up on the punt this weekend? Or you love your NFL, but you're not sure what the value is? Get a sneak peek with Stats Insider's free subscriptions with featured games each day to give you the boost over the bookmakers. Head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today. Always gamble responsibly. Week nine, uh, we've got uh, Atlanta, uh, sorry, Arizona, Cincinnati, Indy, Jacksonville, the Giants, and Philly all on the bye. Thursday night football, an absolute barn burner of a game. Two teams currently with one win apiece. Oakland at San Fran. San Fran are three-point favorites. It's moved to two and a half uh, late this afternoon. Um, the total is set at 46. They're calling it the Battle of the Bay. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, anything from a model perspective in this one? We call it a good old derby in Europe. But, um, good old derby, no, yeah. I don't, yeah, no, yeah. No model plays at the moment. Um, Oakland plus two and a half, we have a 54% chance um, in a 23-23 prediction. So, I mean, that's one where if you got the three or you could get, you know, 3.5 in an ideal world, we'd be interested, but no play at the two and a half line. Yeah, well, in an ideal world on Tuesday, I got Oakland plus three and a half, so I'm very happy with myself there. I think yeah. I think Oakland win this game outright. Um, I, I like Oakland. I think these two teams are very even across the board. Um, it's not really a, much of a home field advantage here, given that it is a a derby. Um, so it is it is good. I do think Derek Carr's kind of had his best game of the se- uh, of the season last week, um, despite them losing 21 zip in the fourth quarter. You know, there was a fumble from a running back and things like that. So sort of stuff. Out of his control there. Um, San Fran are very banged up. CJ Bethard's questionable, but it does look like he will play. But Matt Breed is injured as well on a short week. So I do think um, Oakland can win this game. Uh, Wood agrees. He has plus three as a play as well, if you can still get that out there. Um, I like the plus three as well. And he and Wood also likes the uh, over 46. I think over is six of eight so far um, this season on Thursday Night Football. So plenty of action from, from us. Uh, none from you on the opening game of the season. Check out our article on the Stats Insider. I go into more detail about that Thursday night football, so have a read of that um, before making a play or final judgment. All right, Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota minus 4.5. The total is 49. 
Uh, Josh texted me this afternoon, Lions plus six. I don't know where he's getting the plus six from. In, in the dream world, yes, potentially <laughs> plus six. I've docked him half a point because I have seen some five and a half out there. It is four and a half at most places. Um, at the four and a half, I'm leaning towards Minnesota. I'd prefer it at around three or three and a half. So I probably will be backing away in this game just because it's a division game. And I've often said on this show that I love uh, backing Detroit as an underdog and love fading them as a favorite at work last week with Seattle. Um, so I'll probably avoid in this one. What is your uh, What are your thoughts? Uh, so we have Minnesota winning this by a touchdown. So we make Minnesota minus four and a half, um, a kind of orange play. Kind of an orange play that's on the board with a green play. So, yeah, um, leading towards Minnesota, um, I'd have a look, bit more of a look at them by bet than you see what uh, lines you can get kind of at game time. But, yep. yeah, leaning that way. Yeah, that's an interesting one where I, I would be generally, uh, like I've got generally no idea which way the line would move closer towards, you know, towards Sunday. It could easily go back closer to a touchdown or even potentially around that three and a half mark. It just depends on on what some of the sharps and, and, and you know, heavy betting from the public, what that kind of does to the line. Um, all right, Kansas City minus yep. eight and a half at Cleveland. Um, we mentioned Cleveland at the top of the show. We've just uh, sacked Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, both gone from the building. A guy called Freddie Kitchens is linking up with Baker Mayfield. So I like the, the analogy there of a kitchen and a baker. Um, maybe it bodes well for Cleveland, but uh, no Hugh Jackson. Just an outstanding result for Cleveland long term. Um, the only unfortunate thing is Greg Williams is now their head coach, um, who was infamously suspended by the NFL uh, for orchestrating Bounty Gate, where players were paid bonuses for injuring quarterbacks and star players. So that's a little bit controversial. Uh, yes. Um, but yes, the total is 51. You can get 50.5 at some places, 52 at other places. I like the over 50.5. I think that's uh, definitely worth a play here. The reason I like it is because Hugh Jackson is gone. I do like... Freddie Kitchens, I think he comes from that Bruce Arians tree um, of coaching where he's a bit more aggressive. He was part of the team when Carson Palmer had his MVP-like season back in 2015. I think um, the offense will just play a lot better. I saw a crazy stat during the week that Bill Belichick would have to lose 876 consecutive games to match Hugh Jackson's uh, career-winning percentage. So I think just having him out of the building bodes well for Cleveland. I think this will get into a little bit of a shootout. I think Cleveland can take advantage of Kansas City's defense, and we know what Kansas City can do. They they put up points constantly, um, and and they're actually even better on the road. They're putting up more points, more yards per play on the road, which is just even more phenomenal. Uh, Woot, Woot likes uh, the Chiefs minus eight and a half. What what has the model got? So I'll caveat this by saying there's no variable in the model for coach changes. Um, so if you think that has an impact, obviously bear that in mind. And also just random thought while I'm in soccer mode over here. Um, there's a there's a theory in soccer, and I don't know to what extent it's true of the NFL, but there's, but when a manager changes, the team kind of has two or three good games afterwards as all the players are kind of trying to prove that they're worth again. Yep. Um, Sunderland famously sacked their manager um, prior to their local derby against Newcastle for eight years in a row and ended up winning all of those derbies but not winning much else. Hence <laughs> why the managers got sacked. Yeah. Um, but wow. for, that, for whatever that's worth... Um, we have Cleveland within a touchdown here, so Cleveland plus eight and a half um, is a small play, an orange play, um, as is the Cleveland money line. Yeah, I, I I'm going to have a sneaky bet on the Browns money line here. Um, when I went in and saw the model agreed with me, I just was like, "Yep, I'm in." Um, I just have this weird feeling. I think Cleveland with this Hugh Jackson thing gone, I think it is does apply the mantra. I think there is a probably a better deeper study 
But I do agree overall that um, teams, after they sort of sack their head coach, it might not work straight away, but I feel like, you know, the two, three games after a sacking, I don't know, it always feels like there's a renewed energy in a club when there's when that, you know, when that coach has gone, especially one as bad as Hugh Jackson. So um, I like that the model's on the same page as me here um, and going up against Woot um, makes it even sweeter. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, the Pitts. This should be a good game. I don't think any of us have an opinion on it, but we'll wait and see. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore minus three. The total's 47. Um, I'm keen to really watch this game. Baltimore slipping at four and four. Find themselves kind of on the out looking in for the playoffs, despite being one of the better teams in the AFC overall. I think they've just been a little bit unlucky with some tough losses, but this kind of is a must-win game with Pittsburgh sort of extending a lead in the division. Um, I'm going to pass on this on this play whatsoever. Woot's the same. What have you got? Yeah, no play. Um, Baltimore, we have Baltimore winning this by four. Um, it needs to be significantly the other side of three to have an orange play. Um, yeah, passes it. Okay, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Carolina minus six and a half, total 54 and a half. Jameis Winston benched after throwing four picks last week. Um, just three weeks after he replaced Ryan Fitzpatrick for doing pretty much the exact same thing against the Bears. Um, so Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic as we like to call, um, I know Tampa Bay has been a, a model's um, favorite son early on in the season. I wonder if it can uh, you know, earn Fitzmagic's respect and love again. Um, has the model got a play on this one? <laughs> uh, no, nothing at the current markets. Um... Again, we talked. I don't know if you talked about Kelly Criterion last week. I put it yep. in my notes for you to uh, do a little bit of a go at. Yeah, Woot, uh, Woot was yeah, aware of it. He you playing. Yeah, Woot was oh. all over it. He he was talking about it off air when we finished up about betting Kelly and all this sort of stuff. So it was uh, he was nerding out hard. <laughs> yeah, so if you were doing that, if you were betting Kelly, um, Tampa Bay money line probably a small bet. But other than that, nothing on this. Okay, I like Carolina minus six and a half here. I think Tampa Bay's defense is. Really, really, really bad. And Cam Newton's playing really well. Not quite 2015 MVP level, but really close. He's found his rhythm. The emergence of DJ Moore and the return of Greg Greg Olson's really helped. Um, He's completing 66.4% of his passes. And uh, the last, I think, five of the seven games, the Bucs defense has allowed 30-plus points this season. And the Panthers are 39-6 and against the spread when they score 33-plus points. So I think... They hit that mark there. I do. I just can't see Tampa Bay keeping up, despite despite how good their offense is. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's always a, always a risk. I like Carolina. I think they're a real sort of emerging contender in the NFC. So I like Carolina minus six and a half. Uh, moving on, New York Jets at Miami. Miami minus three, total forty five. Um, I'm backing away from Miami after last week. Um, you shouldn't bet with your heart at all. But um, after the way they just. D- Broke my heart last week at the plus seven and a half. I did not want to go down that road, and I also don't want to get get vengeance and take the Jets plus three only for Miami to break my heart again. So I'm just going to back away from this game, and I probably won't even watch a minute of it. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Um, yep. <laughs> I certainly won't watch a minute of it, and we have absolutely nothing on it. Um, Miami by three, 24-21. All right, cool. Yeah, that's about as much time as I'd like to spend on a Jets-Miami game. All right, uh, Atlanta at Washington. Washington minus two. Total is 47. Nothing from Woot. Um, and for me, I'm kind of leaning Atlanta plus two, but I'm going to wait and see how uh, the odds move on this one closer to game day and on Sunday night. Um, and check out what that is. I just think Atlanta are way better than their record suggests. Washington are way worse than their record suggests. Um, I trust, you know, overall looking at this team, I trust Atlanta's offense the most, but I also trust Atlanta's defense the least. So it's kind of funny 
kind of angle, but I probably won't end up having a bet. But if I was to lean somewhere, it'd probably be Atlanta plus two. Yeah, we have nothing on this one at all. Uh, similar to last, we have Washington by two here, um, 24-22, pretty much in line with the market on spread and total. Okay, moving on, uh, we've got Chicago minus 10. It's just moved to minus 10 today at Buffalo. The total is low, 37. Um, so I got on very early here and got Chicago minus 9.5, sort of an hour or two after they announced Nathan Peterman was starting. I don't like a line this high, especially against the, uh, Mitch Trubisky and you know the Bears' offense against the Buffaloes' defense, who have done a pretty good job for most of the season and especially a little bit more dangerous at home, as we've seen. But... Um, two words for you, Nathan Peterman, and that's why I'm taking the Bears minus nine and a half. A model has nothing on this one. Uh, not even the kind of traditional small play on a big money line. Um, 24-20-10, 24-14, so Chicago um, pass. Yep, right on there. All right, Houston at Denver. Denver's, Denver a minus one. The total is 46. This is an interesting one. Denver traded Demarius Thomas three days ago to the Texans. And Demarius Thomas has then flown to Texas, will train for a few days, and then fly back to Denver to take, take on his former team just four days later after being traded. It's one of the craziest trades I've ever seen um, in terms of just playing the team that you've spent eight and a half years at. You've got to line up against everyone that you've practiced with, practiced with for the last eight years. Um, it's kind of a, a kind of a surreal thing. Um, I I don't really have a preference here, but I am kind of leaning towards Denver, similar to Atlanta. Um, in the Washington game, I think Denver are better than their record suggests, and Houston are, are a little bit worse than their record suggests. I think Denver are one of the better sides in the NFL with a losing record. They've just um, can't seem to get those wins together and get on a, in a roll. Um, they're very highly rated in DVOA as well, so that's an interesting one. Um, and you know they have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. But yeah, I'm probably just going to avoid that game altogether. Yeah, we don't have a bet on it at the moment. We're leaning towards Denver. Um, my- Line or minus one, kind of similar value propositions, but um, also interesting, I guess, in terms of how much of the playbook, what kind of debriefings he's going to have when he gets to Houston um, on the Denver playbook. I dare say we probably won't be seeing too many trick plays and that kind of thing um, this weekend. Yeah, that's it's also interesting, and you know, there's not it's only a wide receiver, so the line move doesn't you know move too much. But I wonder what would be the case when you have like such a highly rated wide receiver like an Odell Beckham or someone going from a team to another team, it's you're kind of moving sort of you know, a quarter of a point minus off the team and then adding it to the other team, it might move something like half a point or something like that, um, potentially. Obviously not as big as a quarterback um, moving a line, but it is kind of interesting, the knowledge and, and all that sort of stuff attached to it. So um, obviously Denver feel confident with the rookie that they've got to replace them. So maybe Denver might be better without Demarius Thomas. Um, so... Who knows? But uh, Houston definitely needed to fill the void uh, that Will Fuller's uh, injury left. So not a bad deal for all teams concerned. Uh, all right, the Chargers at Seattle. Seattle minus one and a half. Total is 48. I can't wait for this game. I'm really excited for it. I think it's a really good good game. Both teams are really, really good form. Seattle last week were a good win for us, um, plus three. Um, they've been one of the better teams over the last month. And so are the Chargers. They're only two losses against the Chiefs and the Rams. So um, this is a good game. Um, I'm leaning Seattle minus one and a half. So is Josh. The only reason we're leaning that way is just home field advantage. Um, Seattle are a lot better at home. Um, the Chargers aren't as good on the road. Um, and I think this will be a bit of a shootout. I like over 47 and a half as well. Both teams have scored over 20 points in every game so far this season. Um, so I do think this should be a little bit of a shootout. 
and uh, Philip Rivers has been great, and Russell Wilson the last few weeks has been great. The O-line's been really, really good since they lost Tom Cable, their coach last year, who's horrible. Um, so maybe that can, uh, you know, projecting a little bit of that in Cleveland with, a, with a, the bad coach leaving, it'll help the team. But yeah, Seattle minus one and a half here uh, for both of us. Maybe we have a potential lock, depending on the way you lean. <laughs> um I don't hate it. I don't like it. Um, we have absolutely nothing on this. Zero percent, zero percent, zero percent edge across the board. Wow, okay. um, Seattle, Seattle winning by two. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it other than it should be a decent game to watch on Red Zone, which is at a good time zone in Europe. There you go. Uh, I like the. Uh, I call it a triple donut though, when you guys have zeros across the board. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's, it's quite impressive. Just nothing at all. Yeah. Um, it's just like, yep, the market is bang on. Uh, all right. The Rams yeah. at New Orleans minus two total is 59 and a half. It's even pushed 60 at some places here. Um, this should be an absolute blockbuster game. It's a pity that it's not in prime time. Um, instead Tennessee and Dallas are on Monday night football snore, but, uh, yeah, Josh likes the Rams plus two and a half, which I think he's found somewhere. There might be some two and a half out there. Um, you know, if it does get to a field goal, I'd probably jump in on the Rams plus three. But at this point, I'd rather just sit back and, and watch and enjoy this game and, and take it more from a fantasy approach. Whereas, the, you know, the Saints and Rams wide receivers this week are all going to be plays for me um, in DFS. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting one. I say I'm not, I haven't been playing um, DFS over here a bit too much for hassle, but yep. um, they're Will be some potential players that stand out well in that game. Um, Rams plus three, I think, would interest us as well. We've got the line at one and a half at the moment, and that's two percent edge, so not enough to have a bet on. Um, and we're also going against the um, long-standing theory about over fifty-seven being over, and we're heading with under fifty-nine and a half at the moment. Um, that's not orange play. Okay, under fifty-nine and a half, an orange play. So. Interesting, because we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about when you get those extremes, the, the tendency is to back the over. So uh, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. We've had a few totals hover <laughs> around that 57.5 last two weeks and then dip down to 56.5 um, just before uh, kickoff. So it's it's kind of crushed the rule a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. Um, two high-powered offenses. But, uh, yeah, it should be a doozy. I'm just... Grabbing the popcorn and, and yeah, grabbing the popcorn or bacon and eggs, depending on what time zone you're in, or you know what mood you're in. If you've been up since three a.m., then that time at eight a.m., then you're pretty good to to roll with some popcorn. But uh, Green Bay at New England is the uh, Sunday night football game. Another good game here, the Battle of the Twelves. Uh, Michael Jordan uh, ad is promotion is promoting the game. We're talking about uh, which twelve is the goat. Um, I keep, I think, I keep. I think they keep forgetting that Andrew Luck is alive, but, but unbelievable. Um, but yeah, New England are minus five and a half. The total is 56 and a half. Um, I don't have a play at all in this. I'm kind of leaning over 56 and a half, but um, apart from that, I've got nothing. Josh has got nothing on this as well. Uh, it's probably another game that I'm just more looking forward to watching. Yeah, we're leaning Green Bay. We're leaning under. Neither of those even enough to qualify for Orange at the moment. Um, if you get a touch, if you can give me a touchdown on Green Bay, I think they'd be interesting. Yeah, um, but at the moment, yeah, just sit back and watch. I don't think it's going to get to a touchdown. It opened six and a half, and it's just been going south ever since. But uh, yeah, it's it's a tough one. You know, Rogers on the road, but they've just played in LA. They've got to travel all the way across the country now to play Green Bay. Um, in prime time, whereas New England, I know they're on a short week after playing in Buffalo, but you know Buffalo to New England's not that much. It's like a bus trip, really. Um, so it's not it's not too bad of a, a sort of a travel schedule. But Green Bay, it is a bit of a 
shocking uh, travel schedule. They could have done better with the schedule there when you've got Rodgers taking on Brady. Like, shouldn't be disadvantaging a quarterback like that. But uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, Tennessee at Dallas. Dallas minus 6.5. Totals 40.5. Dallas are the, one of the sort of the real Jekyll and Hyde teams this season where on – on the road, they've been awful, but at home, they've been really strong with some really convincing wins. Um, Tennessee, you know, had the bye, and they played in London, so they've had some time to prepare. And Dallas also will be featuring Amari Cooper, their new wide receiver who they traded for, traded a first-round pick for. Um, so that would be interesting to watch from a, from a uh, fantasy perspective as well, but nothing from me and Woot here in this game um, right now. I think six and a half is probably the right line. If it gets to seven, I'd probably lean to taking Tennessee. Yeah, nothing for us either. Um, at the money line price, you could make an argument for a very, very small play on Tennessee, but yeah, just going to pop. Yeah, okay, there we go. All right, we'll go for another quick bake, and then we'll try and work out a lock of the week. There are touchdowns, and then there are... Experience a true touchdown with a Stats Insider premium subscription. That's NFL predictions and value plays for every game, giving you the ultimate edge against the bookies. Touchdown in every way possible this season. Head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today. Gamble responsibly. Okay, lock of the week time. And I, I think I, I'm feeling you, Daryl, where you've, you've, you've highlighted on the dock. <laughs> but I'm also, you know, the psychology of betting. We've talked about this many a time. Last week, taking the road dog in Thursday night football was a disastrous start for us. Um, we're currently four and four so far in the season on lock of the weeks, but admittedly, on three of them, we have just picked a lock of the week purely because we have to, rather than because we want to. So we've always issued the the uh, tread carefully or the caution alarm for people. Um, but when we've been on the same page, it's all been, um, you know, green lights. It's all been cash. And looking at the dock. We've got a plus three from Woot, we've got a plus three from me, and we've got a, a small orange from you on the plus three as well. So I do think Oakland plus three, um, potentially the lock of the week. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I issued a betting advice that's, what, 24 hours away, so it's probably worth monitoring the line for those 24 hours and see if it bounces back a little bit and get some cheaper three and a halves or something popping up. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's the game. Yep, it, the, the the three or the three three and a half may be completely gone if uh, Nick Mullins is announced the starter and Bethard um, is ruled out of that game or will not start that game. Nick Mullins is an undrafted free agent in his second year. He's never taken a regular season snap. Has been an absolute disaster in preseason as well. So that's something to to monitor. But it does look like Bethard will play. It's just um, he's got that wrist injury on a short week. So whether he's at a hundred percent or not. Um, is something to worth monitor as well. Um, I don't, I don't mind taking a little bit of a money line on Oakland here um, potentially. Um, it, so, you know, not quite a lock, but yeah, plus three I definitely yeah. think is is going to be our lock. So another Thursday night football play. Uh, I think that's like our fourth one so far this season. It's Thursday night football. <laughs> yeah. We're just impatient. Yeah, it is. It's crazy, but it always seems to be the game that we sort of link up on. So uh, there we go. All right, Oakland plus three. At San Fran in the Battle of the Bay, or the Battle for Bosa, as I like to call it, uh, Nick Bosa, the uh, highly rated edge rusher at Ohio State, potentially the first overall pick in the draft uh, next season. But uh, there we go. Uh, Daryl, uh, any final thoughts on Week 9 or the NFL before I let you go into uh, the European uh, sunshine and, and drinks and, and whatever the hell you're doing over there? Not thinking about sport too much. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nothing really. Um, I think... I'd say I'm looking forward to watching 
red zone this week. It should be some um, decent games in there. Um, not even ones we've bet on, but some just decent games to watch. So, yeah, looking forward to red zone. Um, otherwise, should be a good weekend of games. Um, there's not too much betting going around, but I hope we can find some winners in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think people should check out our article on uh, the Stats Insider website. We went 3-2 and two last week, so do uh, recommend checking that out and uh, the punt return despite having a, a relatively quiet week last week, has been uh, pretty good so far this season. So head to Stats Insider, check that out, have a read, have a listen, tell your friends, um, and also check out the subscription packages at Stats Insider. Um, and there's also a college football article to come um, overnight. So as you listen to this on Friday, it should be available for you, if not if it's not already available for you. Um, so good luck. Um, Daryl, enjoy the rest of your holiday. We uh, Hopefully we'll chat again next yes. week. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Wootenwire. You can follow Daryl at DP Woodford. And until next time.